Good morning, Mid-Missouri, and to our online listeners. I see some of our regulars there in Los Angeles, Lake Isabella, California, Ashburn, Virginia, Toronto, Amherst, Massachusetts. Welcome and good morning, one and all. It is time for the wake-up call on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. Today, we are expecting a high of 26 degrees. Stay tuned for a full weather report after these news headlines. Starting on a low note with a couple of quick sad stories this morning. Um, First of all, we've got Joseph Elledge, who was convicted and sentenced to 28 years in prison for the murder of his wife, had 10 years added to his sentence yesterday after he pleaded guilty to three counts of child abuse. These charges date back to abuse he inflicted on his child in February of 2019, eight months before he murdered her mother, dumped her body in the woods, and then reported her missing in October of that same year. So a longer sentence for him. Um, Next up, a 16-year-old male is in custody on charges of first-degree murder, assault, and armed criminal action relating to the murder of 15-year-old Battle High School student Aubrey Doxley, who was hit by bullets that flew through her window while she was lying asleep in her bed shortly after midnight this last Saturday morning. Two other people were injured in the shooting. The suspect is in the custody of juvenile authorities, and it's unclear whether or not he will be tried as an adult. In business news, Anna Watson of the Columbia Missourian reports a lawsuit filed by a number of Columbia businesses against Moore Source Incorporated, a payroll management company, and its president, Catherine Cunningham, has been resolved. According to court documents, the case was dismissed with prejudice. Several attorneys noted that dismissing a case with prejudice likely means a settlement agreement was reached and the terms of the agreement were confidential. In 2020, 16 plaintiffs sued Morsource and Cunningham for negligence and breach of contract, claiming the management company failed to forward the payroll taxes it collected to the IRS. The businesses accused Morsource of causing them to bear nearly $740,000 in losses, penalties, and late fees. A local construction group called True Sun Exteriors was the first business to take legal action against Morsource and Cat Cunningham. In 2020, the owner of True Sun Exteriors Exteriors said he received a letter from the IRS about payroll taxes and initially considered it a piece of paperwork that he needed to send over to Morsource. He quickly discovered a larger issue was in play after Morsource officials were unable to locate the money his business owed to the IRS. According to court documents, more than $75,000 owed in taxes was taken from True Sun's bank account, but the money never made it to the IRS. The amount owed started at $77,193.15, but shot up to $108,000 as a result of late fees and other penalties assessed by the IRS. A few months later, several additional clients joined the lawsuit against Morsource, including the Fire Protection District, the Mozambique Orphanage Fund, the Pet Fair, Cliques, Advanced Drywall, Jostens, and others. All claimed Morsource had mismanaged their payroll funds. Uh, When these allegations came to light, Cunningham was serving as treasurer for Caleb Rowden's campaign for Missouri State Senate District 19. In election news, filing for the August 2nd primary election opened yesterday, and by 5 p.m., the Secretary of State's office in Jefferson City had received paperwork for 336 candidates. Rudy Keller of the Missouri Independent was there and spoke to Jay Ashcroft, who who said, From every demographic group, every socioeconomic level, every part of the state, there are people signing the dotted line to make Missouri better. I think it's great. It's great to see so many people, and half of them are going to lose. (laughs) I love that quote. Keller also spoke to Vicki Hartzler, who openly attacked opponent Eric Greitens, saying, It is not conservative to tie a woman up in your basement and assault her. End quote. 
Making the process extra interesting this year is the fact that the new district maps for the state Senate and the U.S. House districts are not yet finalized. If if redistricting places filed candidates outside of their districts before the filing period ends, candidates can withdraw their paperwork and refile in their new district. If the maps are finalized after filing closes, well, it's not going to be good. The legislature has the jurisdiction to make exceptions for these candidates, but will they? That remains to be seen. On Wednesdays here on the Wake Up Call, we check in with John Dupuis, the host of Tech Radio. Good morning, John. What's new in tech? Good morning. Well, uh, this is one of those fun stories because it's very rare in either politics or in life in general you get uh, low-hanging fruit okay (laughs) (laughs) something really easy um california started up a project where they're putting solar panels over their water canal oh yeah Um, i saw this headline tell me more about it well they're going to be able to generate 13 gigawatts of power doing this uh the idea is that uh, there's a lot of open canals throughout missouri uh, not missouri california (laughs) California, um distributing the their their water resources. Is it rain? Is and it like so, ra- rainwater runoff kind of water? Or do you know? Uh, that they don't. They don't okay. say that in the article, and I don't right. know. 100%. I don't I'm sure it's a mix of other things, including river water okay. and that type of thing. Um, and water is a scarce resource in the mm-hmm. western right. states, and so uh, there's two benefits to this, and this just kind of makes it a low hanging fruit. One, of course, you get the 13 gigawatts of mm-hmm. uh, power. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is that by putting the solar panels over the water canals. Uh, they're basically reducing the amount of um, both algae growth in the canals as well as uh, reducing uh, evaporation. That's the, the headline I saw, yeah. 63 billion gallons of water per year. <laughs> that just doesn't evaporate into the clouds and stays where they want it, and they can direct it to crops or you know, whatever they right. need it for, toilets right. or, right. yeah. I mean, it'll eventually evaporate when it hits its final use, but mm-hmm. it won't evaporate in the canal, so it could be redirected towards more useful. Yeah. Um, and as a secondary benefit, as it turns out, the uh, evaporation effect of the canal itself cools down the panels, which means they oh. operate more efficiently in the California sun. Interesting. Um, now, in part, they know a lot about this because this isn't the first place in the world to do it. This is actually a really common practice that's growing really fast in India. Huh. Um, they've been doing it there and to great success. Um, but the only downside to it is it is a little bit more expensive because then you have to put iron uh, railings across the canal yeah. for the support. So it's a little bit more expensive. Uh, but you don't have to deal with, you know, landowners not wanting it. No one's claiming that the canals are more ugly because, <laughs> you know, they were never pretty in the first place. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've seen the canals. They're basically they're like concrete a, lines. It's a ditch kind of thing. Ditch, yeah. right. There's, a, it's, there's not a natural beauty to a canal. Yep. So covering it's not a big deal. Yeah. And the reduced algae growth also means that it's supposed to be clogging the system less in yeah. the system. So the water's cleaner so when it gets to where it's going. Hmm, interesting. It's a pretty easy thing. If you live in a more southern state, this is a great way to go about things, it looks like. Yeah. The headline I saw was the, the takeaway for that for that author was the, the not the evapor- was the evaporation part. I thought oh, that's really interesting, but I just yeah. didn't have time to read more. So thank you for bringing that story. That's great. And we'll look forward to hearing something more from you next week. Yeah. yeah, thanks yes, for the call. Fun stories. All right. Cool. So if you enjoy these kinds of stories, you can follow John right here on KOPN on Tech Radio or on the web at tech.radio. 
Uh, next up, the weather report. It is 12 degrees outside right now in beautiful downtown Columbia. Temperatures are going to creep back up to a decidedly not warm 26 degrees in the late afternoon. The temperature on the chart is nearly a flat line all the way today through Thursday, remaining in the 20s all throughout the day tomorrow, with tomorrow's projected high being only 28 degrees. There's a chance of a wintry precipitation on Thursday, too. You'll want to keep an eye on that. Right now, the likelihood of that is peaking at 11 a.m. tomorrow with a 72% chance of snow or sleet or grapple or whatever Mother Nature is going to have in store for us. Whatever it is should all be on the ground by about 2 a.m. on Friday. To recap, tomorrow we're looking at a high of 28 with some precipitation, 34 on Friday, and highs in the mid-40s on Saturday and Sunday. This afternoon, from 3 to 5 p.m., we're going to have the good sounds of jazz, followed at 5 p.m. by breaking through with Mom's Rising. And then Margot is up next with Farm and Fiddle. And then tonight at 7, tune in um, to listen to a live candidate forum sponsored by PeaceWorks, the Sierra Club, and, and... oh. PeaceWorks, I said again, that's not right. The five candidates running for Columbia mayor will address, actually four of them, will address candidates about many issues facing Columbia, focusing on climate change and other environmental concerns. Uh, voting t- takes place April 5th, so if you tune in tonight at 7 or um, at 89.5 or listen on KOPN.org on the web, you can hear what the candidates for mayor have to say. Um, I say four because I think I saw online that uh, Mr. Minshew is not joining, but it's the other four candidates will be there tonight. And you can listen live right here on KOPN. Um, Let's see. And so that is going to replace the Ozark Mountain Highlands tonight. We're going to do that instead. And then as soon as that's over, Kevin Schultz is going to take the helm for his time machine. Then at 10 p.m., we'll have Luna Hawk tonight with Fem FM. The full schedule, of course, is always online at KOPN.org. And uh, you can always listen to every show for two weeks at KOPN.org. For the Wake Up Call News team, I'm Sarah Catlin. Hope you have a great day.